with the, the concept, the understanding that unity has about the nature of God and, of course, that, that however we understand the nature of God is going to uh, directly affect how we pray, how we see prayer. In other words, if we have a belief that God is a being, um, a form, somewhere separate and apart from us, we're going to believe that our good is separate and apart from us, too. And so prayer, then, will be about somehow trying to find a way to connect with God wherever God is, up there, out there, whatever, and somehow get God's attention so what we want can be ours, so that God will say yes, so that God will change God's mind. Well, unity's approach is different. And if you've been here even once, I'm sure you already realize this. Our approach is that God is omnipresence, which means everywhere evenly present, accessible and available in all places at all times to all people, regardless. Period. End of sentence. No qualifications to that. All times, all people, all places, and so on. Regardless of what we're doing. Whether somebody else thinks it's the right thing or not. Available. And regardless of whether we're doing something that we're enjoying and, ha and a recreation and fun kind of thing, or we're doing something that maybe seems more serious, more important. And regardless of what position our body happens to be in. And I'm sure you've heard this story about the people who were having a conversation about what was the best position to be in for prayer. And one said that it, it had to do with the hands, that if the hands were in, the, in a prayer position, the fingers pointing up, that was the most effective position for prayer. And another one said, no, down on the knees, that's what is important. And another one said, laying flat and so on, so on. But their conversation was overheard by um, a repairman who was working up on a pole, um, a light pole, electric pole, um, telephone pole, whatever. And he said, excuse me, I couldn't help but overhearing you, but I want to just say that uh, the position I found most effective was when I was hanging 40 foot up, upside down. <laughs> Pray. So, you know, whether you're dangling upside down or, you know, you're in a position that somebody says that's a prayer position, it doesn't matter. So to the question where to pray, it's wherever we are because we are always in the presence of the presence. That's the thing. There is no place where the presence is more. We may ha have somehow come up with a thought that that's the case, uh, 
that a certain place feels more conducive to us, and that's fine. But it doesn't mean that God is more in one place than in another. So unity's approach, then, to the nature of God carries through with our understanding of the part that prayer plays in all of this. God is the fulfillment of all prayer. In other words, what we seek, regardless of what that is, has already been given. Not as a car, a person, a job, a whatever, but as the essence out of which all that comes forth is expressed. So how do we access this? Um, It's important that we remember one presence, one power. It's important that we know we have a connection with that, that it's um, what we seek, in a sense, is already given, paraphrasing Jesus, seek the kingdom, All the rest will flow from that. When we connect with the kingdom within, out of that will come the ideas, the inspiration, the guidance, and so on. So how then does this apply whenever we're concerned with another person or several other people for that matter? And that's what we want to share some thoughts on today. Now probably each of us has at some point had a thought something like if I only had a magic wand to wave if if I only had this magic thing that I could use to fix somebody to fix their relationship to fix their finances to fix the bodily condition that is challenging them. If I could only fix them in some way. And what I want us to realize is that this temptation to fix comes from viewing the person or the situation from the human-only viewpoint. And prayer is about a, a higher form of prayer may I say it that way, is about um, raising our awareness above the human level of consciousness. And as has been said, um, Emerson said, that seeing the facts of life from the highest point of view, that's how he described prayer. And that fits right in with how unity uh, sees prayer that in praying for another, it means knowing ourselves first that we are in the presence of the presence and that so is absolutely everyone else. There's no exclusions to that. And so when we see another or we see a situation from the human-only point of view, it's like we bind ourselves by our own thoughts and feelings about what we're seeing. We bind ourselves to it 
it becomes a part of our experience. We attach ourselves to it. Can you see that? Are you with me? There's a scripture that says, what's bound on earth, bound in heaven. In other words, there's, what we focus on is our, becomes our experience. We think we know what somebody else needs, but we don't. We don't. Other than, from the highest point of view, knowing that what every one of us desires is our own personal God experience. Our own personal God experience. Everybody wants that. So then we say, how does prayer fit in with this? You know, if we don't have an active part in this, in somebody else's life, if we, if we don't pray for something and get it for them in their life, well then, what place does prayer have? How can prayer be of value when there is a situation that involves someone we don't know? Someone in another city, a happening somewhere else? Or what if it's somebody we do know lives in the area of the happening and our, our concern is there? So of what ba uh, value or of what benefit then is prayer in a situation like that? Well, Unity's approach always is that prayer, whether it is specifically for our own selves or whether we are being inclusive of others, always begins with us. Every prayer, whether it is about us or someone else, or planet Earth for that matter. Happy Earth Day tomorrow, by the way. Um, always begins with us. We never encourage putting the focus on need. Because when we do that, we make ourselves a part of the need. We vibrate at the level of the need. So our thinking becomes a part of that. It becomes a part of us, which means that it is important for us to get right in our thinking before we ever can be of value to anyone else or any other situation. So the reality is we are each expressions of the one, expressions of the essence that we refer to as God. God is the life of our life, the breath of our breath. We are the point where God is expressing as us. And we individually give direction to that energy. So we all have the opportunity to focus that energy wherever we choose. We can focus our energy on the changing facts and appearances of this world, and there are plenty, the drumbeat is constant, isn't it? With whatever it is. Or we can choose to put our focus on what is unchanging and true about us and about absolutely all of life. Stay with me on this. I know sometimes the eyes start to glaze over, but it's important 
if we're praying for ourselves or whether we are being inclusive in the prayer experience. It all begins with our acknowledging the oneness that we all share with God, which means there's really only one answer, regardless of what seems to be the need. So we don't begin with putting the focus on what's wrong. We don't begin with, oh God, this person needs fixing. After all, maybe they're just perfect, like they are. Wouldn't that be a novel thing to think? That maybe they're just on the perfect path for them. Maybe things are just unfolding perfectly for them. We just don't see it. We have blinders on, and we think things should fit in a certain way. So we begin with putting our focus on the answer, not on the facts, the appearance, the prognosis, the reports, what the news is saying, and on and on. We begin with focusing on the answer, source. And next we acknowledge the oneness that not only we have with source, the essence of, the, of all that is, the answers, but we acknowledge that that other person has the same oneness. Now that stretches us, doesn't it? Especially when we have placed a label on someone and we want to exclude someone from that. But absolutely everyone has that same oneness with their source. And so the person that we would hold in prayer has the same connection with God that we have. They have the, dis the divine spark within them, just as we have, whether they know it or not, or recognize it or not. But here's the thing, and I, I say this across the board to everyone who's here, you would not be in this place at this time gathering in like-minded thought here. We sang, the seekers of the light are one. This is our important responsibility to reinforce in our awareness that there is no one and nothing outside the one presence, the one power. Now, on an intellectual level, we might agree right away with that. We might easily accept that the divine is within absolutely everyone. No place where God is not. No one separate from the one presence, one power. But on an emotional or feeling level, when something happens that gets our attention and we immediately feel it, the fear, the concern, whatever it is, many times it, we're a little slower in accepting that. And yet, accept it, we must. We must. For us, it's like we say about forgiveness. It isn't about somebody else. It isn't that somebody else deserves or doesn't deserve. It's that we deserve. 
The same is true in what we're talking about here. Acknowledging the divine within everyone means we are acknowledging it in ourselves. And to the extent that we cannot acknowledge it in even one other is the extent that we withhold it from ourselves. So I don't plan to belabor um, the happenings of this past week, but it all applies. No one is disconnected, even one who would seem to intentionally set out to hurt or harm. No one is excluded. Jesus taught that our judgments not only affect others, but they affect us, and mainly they affect us. So anything we hold to be true about another, essentially we're holding to be true about ourselves. So praying for others means we are also praying for ourselves, including ourselves in it. So we have a responsibility as the prayer to raise our level of consciousness to a higher level than being focused on the pain, on the suffering, on the lack, on the inharmony, the disease, whatever. We have the responsibility, and this is what keeping the high watch is about, raising our level of consciousness to the level of answer. Larry and I were a part of Silent Unity, which is the prayer department of Unity Headquarters, for um, me for, for some years, and him uh, um, fewer years, shall we say. And always, Silent Unity's approach is what I'm sharing with you today. This is the approach that everyone who is a prayer associate, or whatever you want to call it, um, takes with every call that comes in, every letter that comes in, every person that is spoken to. We ourselves raise our awareness above the level of the seeming need to the level of the answer. Every situation, even when it seems to be somebody else's problem, has a spiritual solution. And we know this about ourselves many times, but we may not always recognize it in the life of another. But every situation, every human condition has a spiritual solution. And our part in prayer is to remember this and to remember that absolutely everyone is connected to the source that is the solution for them. Our part as the prayer is to not judge what we think is happening, not put some kind of label on it as tragic, crisis, whatever. Unity's approach is to remind us to claim for ourselves only that which is of our true nature. And in reality, if the body doesn't feel well, we don't claim that we are that sickness. 
we claim, I am whole, I am well. That's, we connect with our reality. Claim for ourselves that which is eternally true about us, which is wholeness and holiness. There's a scripture that says, let the weak say, I am strong. It isn't to deny that the body has pain, but it is to reaffirm what is true. Now, when we see somebody else that is in a situation of weakness, let's say, using that as an example, we want to hold an awareness of God as their strength, God as their peace, God as their answer. Praying for another means keeping our mindset concerning another at the highest level that we possibly can and wanting only the highest and best for the person and absolutely everyone in a situation. And it always begins with our being clear that there's one presence, one power, one activity that is the truth, not only for us, but for absolutely everyone. Um, referencing Emerson again, because I just happened to be reading him recently, but he said um, that anything less than desiring all good, I'm paraphrasing, but anything less than a, a prayer for all good for everyone is a vicious prayer. The highest form of prayer is wanting all good for everyone. So what's the highest point of view? concerning one that for whom we would pray. That's where the little prayer slip. Did you get one? Up at the top of it. This one? Did you get this? Up at the top of it, it says, I behold the Christ in you. Now, I'm going to suggest, and this is what we always use, this kind of thing in silent unity that you just make a list and pause with the name. Maybe it's somebody you hear on the news. Maybe it's someone in your family. Maybe someone you care about, someone you don't know. Doesn't matter. Put that name down, and every time you see that name, let your eyes go up to that reminder on the top to behold the Christ in them. Regardless of the seeming need, regardless of the seeming facts, regardless of the seeming reports or appearances or whatever. And keep it with you. And especially keep it with you if you have someone that's on your heart frequently. Keep remembering their divinity. Leave no one out of it. And in effect, we, we don't leave ourselves out of it either in the process. There's so much more we can say on the subject of prayer, and we will as we go along. But this is a good start for us this week. And on the front of the program, we have this quote from Martha Smock, who, who was the editor of Daily Word at one point, and wrote some wonderful things. Do you realize that every time you think of someone with love and faith, you are blessing him? that every time you think of someone as having the Spirit of God in him, you are praying for him. This is the secret to effective prayers 
in behalf of others, to love and have faith in those for whom you pray, to see the Spirit of God in them. And if there is someone you are concerned about, remind yourself, I can trust God in them to lead them to their good, their highest good. Know that God in them knows and shows. God bless you. All is well. God is. All is well.